Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. to let sip and talk with Freema. So today we have on a very special special guest, excuse me, Aisha Van Van Buren. Why well, can't talk? Am I nervous? She's one of our very own, a cougar. You know, she wrote a book, The Night Everything Changed. She's dealing with mental health with children. And that's very important. That's something we need to discuss. That's something that needs to be put on the table. So yeah, maybe I'm a little nervous because this is something we need today. And Aisha is going to give it to us. So without further ado, let's bring on Aisha. Hi. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Good. So for the individuals that may not know you, can you tell us a little about yourself? Yes. My name is Aisha, of course. Um, I went to Edison High School, graduated in 2003. Um, I have two boys, 14 and 8, um, and I'm in mental health. I'm a mental health therapist, and I'm an athletic coach okay. and an entrepreneur. I do it all. That's amazing. So let's dive in. I want to start with the book, if you don't mind. Um, the Night That Everything Changed by Aisha Van Buren. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. What inspired you to, to, to decide to write a book? And not only just a book, but a book that most of our children, some of our children can relate to. Well, I always wanted to write. I started writing in middle school. Um, but never got that like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, until um, I guess I experienced my own trauma okay. um, in 2007 when my youngest brother was murdered. Mm -hmm. um, that was a traumatic experience for me and my family. And then after that, um, you know, working in the school system and hearing different kids, their stories, mm -hmm. then working in mental health and really getting into it, it was uh, something that said, it's time. It's, it's time to put something out there because a lot of, you know, certain different cultures, they don't believe in mental health. They just think right. that, ah, you don't need that. You'll be all right. But mental health is alive. It's out here. And more so now with kids Absolutely. than adults are dealing, like, seriously with mental health issues. And, you know, um, and I'm going to just keep it real because on here, that's all I know to do. 
it's a lot of us. It's a lot of our black community that does not believe in therapy or, you know, taking medications. And I'm going to be honest with you, Aisha, I was one of those individuals. I felt like, okay, this is something you can overcome without the mess. You know, this is something you have to try to, you know, figure out, um, come up with some type of coping mechanism. So I was an individual. So I definitely understand when you say, you know, a certain communities, ethnicities or what have you that does not believe in therapy or, or things to treat your mental health. So we definitely have to, you know, put that on the forefront without telling everything. What's about, about the book? What's a little piece about the book? So we can go ahead and, and go ahead and purchase that book from you, Aisha. Give us a little synopsis. Well, it's a book about a girl named Callie. Um, she was in a family that um, subjected her to physical, emotional, different type of forms of abuse. Okay. She didn't know how to handle it. She felt alone until um, she met someone and um, a friend that actually was a different race than her. Okay. And she felt like, okay, it's time. It's time that we talk about it and tell mm -hmm. somebody. And until that moment, you know, she was ready to give up. Yeah. And she she went through a lot. And we grief on top of that. Like, our culture, we don't. We don't teach our kids how to cope with things. We, we just don't. say, hey, suck it up. It's not okay. Yeah. Don't do that. You're going to be okay. Yeah. No, but kids these days, they're not able to cope with a lot of stressors and trauma. As an adult, going through something traumatic is hard. Just imagine a kid, kid. going through that. Right. Um, and I hear so many stories, and it breaks my heart. It's like, how can I help this child? Right. How can I, you know, I just want to take every kid and just, you know, sometimes hug them. It's, it's yeah. going to be okay. Just talk about it. And, you know, going through therapy, sometimes if it's bad enough, you may need medication. And yeah. if you need a medication... It's okay. That's not the same. You have to take it for the rest of your life. Right, right. Um, and sometimes we learn negative coping, you know, negative, right. like cutting ourselves to deal mm. with the pain and trauma. And that's not okay. Oh and these God. kids are suffering in silence because they feel like parents don't understand them. Nobody cares about them. Nobody's going to understand, especially our culture. And I just right. want to write this book to show that you're not alone in this. You're not. Absolutely. So if someone wanted to purchase the book, Aisha, what avenues, how do they reach out to you to purchase um, your book? Right now, um, I'm self-distributing. Um, it'll be out on Amazon soon. Um, you can go to my Facebook page, um, Life Trial 7, or my Instagram page, my book, Life Trial 7. Okay. Um, you know, send me an inbox or DM and I'll ship it to you. Um, fast shipping. Um, you'll have it in no time. And I autograph all of my books. I love it. So I do have a question just based upon your experience. And, and of course, anything I ask, you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable. But do you find it? Because um, I'm a, again, I don't know. I'm just a hardball. I don't know. Maybe it's something within me, you know, that I need to reach out and focus on. But do you find it that a lot of children, or let me start by saying this. Do you find it that a lot of adults have that kid inside of them that they can't let go, they won't let the past go, and it's trickling down to their children. Do you run across a lot of that? I do. And right. you know, with trauma, when you don't deal with it, especially mm -hmm. in, at a young age, you carry that on through life, mm -hmm. and you have messed up relationships, you don't know how to communicate, you have problems with coping, 
And so you just creating more problems when problems. you don't deal with the issues at hand when it happens or when you find out about it, especially when you're young. So mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening, because a lot of adult relationships, a lot of marriages are not lasting because of past yeah. trauma. Yeah. A lot a lot of things are not lasting because of things that you have not been able to deal with when when it happened when, in your younger life. Right. Right. That's absolutely true. And, and it's sad, you know, um, mental toughness is something I learned about, you know, not saying you have to be tough with everything that goes on. But sometimes, you know, with, with the cars we dealt, we have to learn how to deal with them. You know, we have to learn how to cope with them without that negative aspect. And I just wish a lot of us could take that on and, and conquer that. But all of us are not that strong. And, and I definitely get that. Um, have you have you ever had to actually step outside of the children and maybe friends or, or family? Have you ever had to have that conversation with, you know, I need to talk to you. I need to pull you to a side and, you know, and have a conversation. Have you ever had to step out of your comfort zone? It's funny because whenever ever something happens in my family, they call you. <laughs> Let's call Aisha. She's a therapist. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. And, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming because yeah. you have your patients, then you have your family, and then yeah. you have your own life. Right. Sometimes you have to self-care, take take care of yourself right. at the end of the day. Um, that is very, very important because you can't take on everybody's problems. Yeah. All you can do is guide them in the right direction and give them good advice or, you know, be that listener. Sometimes you, people just need somebody to listen and show that they care. Um, not somebody that's going to sit there, judge you right. and just, you know, give you bad advice. Um, trauma is real. Mental health is real, but it's help out here that's available. When I grew up, I was that, that person that took everything in. I had that toughness about me. Like, Nothing fazed me, but I it was tearing me up. You don't want that. You don't want that because it's gonna eat at you, eat at you, eat right. at you to the point where one day you explode. Yeah, you explode, and then you may explode in a negative way. My explosion wasn't the right way. Got it. So you know, you know just being going to school with you and stuff. I never, I don't think I ever see you explode. And if you were upset, and I don't want to say this, but I'm beyond. I didn't take it serious because it seemed like you always had like a a calm look on your face, even when you were mad, you know, so you got this calm and spirit over you, which is very good. So I think you're definitely into your passion, into your calling. Just from growing up with you, I could tell you have this calm and spirit about yourself. And that's good. Yeah, I, I love I love kids. And if I can help one or two. I feel like I did my job. Exactly. Exactly. How do you separate it though? You know, I'm not, I'm not licensed in it or anything, but I fell into a position at my previous job to where I was their confidant. I had to try to find resources for them. I had to listen, you know, and shut up sometimes, you know, I had to give advice and I found myself taking it home because the ones I couldn't help, it's like, I can't do this. You know, I'm draining. So how do you separate it? Sometimes, actually, you just have to step back and like, and just talk to yourself. Like, this is, they're not yours. Okay. Okay. Got you. But 
it's your calling or your passion or your duty to assist them however you can. Yeah. Sometimes I go over and beyond to help my kids. Yeah. Um, if I see a patient that don't have shoes or dingy clothes, I can't give it to them personally. I'll give it to the guidance counselor yeah. and tell them, you know, this kid really needs needs something. I got boys. Yeah. It's just gonna get thrown away anyway. You have to you have to be okay with okay, I did my job, right. I went over and beyond. Gotcha. Now I it's not my job to fix everybody. Okay, because everybody don't want to be fixed, right. everybody don't want to deal with their issues. Absolutely. I come across that a lot in a lot of families, and it's gonna take more than just you. You know, being a resource and helping that family or helping that individual. Mm-hmm. The family has to do work too. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So so Aisha, where are you accepting new patients? I mean, where can one find you if they want Aisha Van Buren? Well, actually, <laughs> I'm right now I'm in the school systems in Berkeley okay. County. Um, I work down here in Berkeley County, that's close to the Charleston. Um so right now I'm in an elementary school. I'm in like four different schools. Next year I'll be at a high school. Um, so I'm basically school-based right now, but soon, hopefully, I'll be venturing out. Okay. Um, I'm working, yeah, on, working on some school. things. I don't know if it's possible, but just throwing it out there. Um, and I don't know how safe it is either, Aisha, but like going to homes, going to them, like for a family session or something like that. Okay. So I don't go to homes. To me, <laughs> I get it. That's why I was like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm a single parent. I need to come home with my boys. Right. Okay. It's a lot of families that have like deep, deep issues, and safety is a concern. Yeah. So, um, I don't go to homes. If right now, being as pandemic and schools are not, a lot of schools are not letting families in the schools. Um, we do like a doxy or a zoom to have the, you know, the family come on while I have the patient right there with me. So it's still like a family session. The right. parent or guardian is just not in the room. Gotcha. Um, and then sometimes I go to the office, the mental health center and bring a family in or bring an individual in, um, if they want to be seen that way. And we have a session all together, you know, if they want to be family okay. session. So um, let me ask you, what are some of the, I don't want to say red flags because they're children, but what are some of the things or things you can share with us when it comes to kids acting out or what should we look for at a young age? You know, just give us whatever you got. (laughs) So, okay. I would say one thing first, Um, parents, don't just take your kids to any and everybody's house to spend the night. Okay. And even... Hmm. With your own family members. If you you have an intuition for a reason. If you don't feel comfortable around that family member, member, don't leave your child with them just because you want to go out to have a good time or just because you want alone time. Okay? Things are happening more so in the family than outside of the family. Okay? If you find that a child is all of a sudden grades are dropping. They don't want to go around this person. They want to isolate themselves. Um, Their behavior has escalated. You know, those are red flags. Okay. Um, Certain age, they never wet, they start wetting the bed. Um, They having dreams and they want to cling on to you. Those are red flags. You might want to investigate what's going on. Um, But I want to also tell you, parents, 
educate your kids, okay? Even at a young age, good touch, bad touch. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if a person says this to you, that's a no-no. Re- educate, that's the thing with our culture. We don't educate our kids enough. And, and they feel like, okay, this is too young to talk about this. But you can, I would say, dummy down certain things, you know, according to a kid's age. Absolutely. You have, you have to educate because nobody else is going to educate. You have to educate because a lot now that, well, where I'm at, there's therapists in just about every school in my area. Mm-hmm. Like in Orangeburg, they may not have therapists right. in every school or in a different area. They may not have therapists within a school. Kids are more, more so will go to a therapist or a teacher before they'll come to their parents mm-hmm. to tell them something is going on. Is it because we fuss a lot? You know, like they come to you. Wow, I hear you know, is it is it because we fuss or we act out on things they want to confide in us in and we just kind of blow up when they tell us? That that can be yeah, that but also parents don't make it welcoming for their kids to come to them, talk to them about serious issues. Mm-hmm. So they like, mm, should I tell my mom this? Is she gonna blame me? Because I've had a lot of that, like parents blame their kids for their husbands, you know, have sex with the kids. So you, wow, it's very touchy, but you have, you have to talk to your kids. You have to, you know, make it okay for your kids to come to you to talk about anything. I'm not saying be their best friend, but have those conversations, have those open and honest conversations with them because you don't want to set them up for, you know, the world and you basically sugarcoat it. With my patients, I do it with my kids. My kids love me. And I tell their parents, I'm a different type of therapist. I don't sugarcoat nothing. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you because I wouldn't want to set you or your child up for failure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I don't sugarcoat anything with my children at all. Uh, we have an open relationship. Sometimes, you know, my oldest, he's 16. So sometimes it's a little like, dang, it's too much you're telling me, golly. But I <laughs> You know, exactly. You know, so I, I, you know, so I try to be open and honest as much as possible, transparent with Mm -hmm. my children. I want to give you a story really quickly how it could have went left. So Kate has had to go get a physical because she's trying out for cheerleading. Right. And um, so (laughs) she always complained about her stomach hurts. I don't know if it's she's lactose intolerant, what have you. So Mm -hmm. the doctor asks, is there anything you're concerned about? I say, yeah, her tummy be hurting more so than often. So I'm kind of concerned. So the doctor said, well, I'm going to give you an order to take her to get an ultrasound. Okay. You know, so they can look in her stomach. And Cadence says, Aisha, am I pregnant? (laughs) So for a parent who's not as transparent and understanding, what the, you mean, are you pregnant? You get what I'm saying? They could have went off. But I said, Cadence, how do you get pregnant? She said, in the bed. I said, but with who? With, you know, she said, with the boy, with the man or something. I said, exactly. Have you been with the boy? With No. I said, so you can't be pregnant. They want to look in your stomach. She said, well, when y'all said ultrasound, I know you use ultrasounds to look at babies. So, and see, it was just that easy. You know, but somebody else, they that could have turned into a different situation. That could have been a whole other situation. So yeah. you're absolutely correct with how welcoming we are to, you know, our kids saying stuff to us. That plays a major, major part. 
It does. It does. <laughs> but yeah, she, she. I had to, I had to sit back for a second. I wasn't abrupt with my response. I had to like, ooh, okay, like what made you say that? What you got going on? I have to put my fourteen on hold sometimes too, because he, he go, he goes in. I be like, ooh, hold on for a minute. Oh, hold on now, hold on. Mama wasn't ready for that. Hold on. So <laughs> I had I had to do timeouts with him because he was right. just old. But I I'm happy that he's comfortable exactly. with you know opening up and talking to me about that. That's something like okay, uh, you need to go talk to a man or whatever. Like all right, I can't do this. But listen, I have to. You have to, I, and and, it, and it's and it's okay. I, I love being a parent and I love being a parent to my two boys. They keep me busy on top of my busy life, but I love it. I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I just I, wish all parents loved it. You know, I just wish all parents loved it. You know, for the parents that's on the show, I'm pretty sure someone knows someone that could utilize the things that Aisha has been spilling with us today because it's true. It's something we need to hear. We need to be more welcoming to our children invite them in let them know it's okay talk to me so we can figure it out because if you don't talk to your children they're going to believe the streets you know they're going to believe what they're telling them because mama never told me daddy never told me so this must be true so we definitely play a part in our kids lives so we need to step it up we need to definitely step it up you know one thing that bothers me though Aisha um you know the saying it takes a village to raise a child but we can't do that now that bothers me you can't you can't use use a village. You have to you have to use your mind and everybody is not nice. Yeah. Everybody is not welcoming. Everybody's not gonna take care of your child like you take care of your child. Yeah. So you have to, you know, keep your eyes open, your ears open. You you have to pay attention. Right. Pay attention who your child and your children are around yeah. and what they're doing. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you mentioned earlier. I just want to reiterate because it's very important about that me time for an adult, but it's not as important as making sure your child's not getting molested or, or whatever you want to call it by a family member or an uncle or cousin, whatever. I just said family member, but a friend, father, because you want them to spend a night somewhere because you want a night out. We got to think about that. It's closer under our nose than we, we kind of think. So. Yeah. Be mindful of that. Don't want to get rid of your kids much where you don't know, you know, what's going on while you out clubbing or out to dinner or sleeping good because you want a peaceful night. We we definitely got to think about that. Um, Jonathan yes. says you have to have the right mentality. That's right, so true. right. And females, I mean, you have these different, you know, male friends and stuff in your home, and you have female, you you know, female girls like absolutely. It's not okay. It's not, it's okay. not okay. It's not Especially okay. if you really don't know this person. Mm, it's not okay. And sometimes you even know. You know, it's like, I can't, you know, I don't know. I just don't understand it. I'm not judging anyone. But yes, I am judging them. Because I, I can't see you bringing Tom in. And then two months later, you bring in Nate in. And then I, I just don't understand it. I, you know, you go to sleep at night. You know, you don't know. Maybe you're a hard sleeper. So what's going on while you're sleeping? Oh, I just went to the bathroom, babe. And now you done went in there and did whatever you wanted to my little boy, a little girl. You know, and it's crazy that you brought that up because I had a patient that, that dealt with that. And mom mom didn't know. And it was happening under her eyes. And oh her, sis, her sister actually happened to walk in and oh. see the happen. So it traumatized both of them. Both of them. Both of them. So, you know. 
You got you got to be mindful, and you know, sometimes when parents hear these stories that these kids tell them, they like blown away. They break down. They break down. They blame themselves at that point, and now it's too late. But it's never too late to go talk to somebody and get help. Yeah, it's we have to start doing it. Like we have, we have to. And black people, therapy is okay. Okay, therapists need therapy. Right. It's okay. Doctors need doctors. Lawyers need lawyers. Somebody needs somebody. Right. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. God, this was very powerful. You know, because like I said, I I love talking about things that has a meaning. You know, it has a purpose. It's helping. And like you said, I don't care if this session helped one person two people, a million people. Right. It's the point that it helps someone. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, Riz said it's definitely okay. It is. We we have to make that the norm. Yeah. Um, Jonathan said, what's your all opinion on the proper dating process for people with children? Don't bring them home. <laughs> Listen, if you're in a dating phase, you're just dating. You're not in anything serious. Okay. Dating is trying to figure out the person, trying to get to know that person, what their what their life is like. They trying to learn what your life is like. Okay, it's okay to tell them, okay, I have kids. You can you know talk about your kids, but don't bring your kids or your partner around your kids until you are serious about a relationship and trying to take it to the next level. I agree a hundred percent. That goes back to the women or even the men. I can't just put it on the women. Yeah, right? yeah. Everybody home, everybody you meet. Yeah, yeah. If you want those one night stands, take that to the hotel. Take you gotta at least be worth a hotel room now. Yeah, keep keep it keep it away from your kids. Keep it yeah. away from your kids because kids see every. You don't think that kids what kids see and hear everything, everything. And these kids these days, I know my kids are also. They don't forget nothing. Yeah, they don't forget nothing. Like my little one, he's eight years old. Mine, you remember when? Um, Kayla, no baby. When this happened, and he's talking like it probably happened yesterday, and it didn't, and it was years ago. Son, you're only That's eight funny. right now, so that was how long ago? I don't know, but it. But you remember, and I had to be like, yeah, no, baby. I really, really don't. But okay, I hear you. That's funny. We have to understand that, you know, our kids are in our household. It becomes a, what they say, a learned behavior. Like sometimes our actions, you know, they're kind of rubbing off on them children. So I always say this, if mama's bringing a man home often, okay, either my daughter's going to end up bringing different men, you know, when she get older or she's not going to trust them. And the mm -hmm. same with my boys. If they see mama always Popping men, it's like I'm not trusting no woman, mm -hmm. or you know. So we we got to oh. they look at us, they pay attention to us. Hey, Lakeisha, thank you so much for tuning in. But yeah, they look at us, they pay attention to us. They want they want to be mommy, you know. Yeah. They want to be daddy. So I we're their that. role models, and we have to think about that in the choices we make in our everyday lives. They're Just, our future. They're our future. our future. So <laughs> what example are you going to set for the kids that's going to be our future? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Because I need mine to take care of me if I was, you know, to be in a wheelchair as Cadence always putting that on me for some reason. She always, <laughs> but um, 
she always say, me and daddy, me and her dad's going to end up in a wheelchair, and then we're going to be back together. So oh, I don't know. Like, end up in a wheelchair. <laughs> but I mean, if so, I know I did my part, and she was going to take care of me. In the wheelchair, Lord. She wheelchair. just want to push you around, that's all. Yeah, that's it. And probably <laughs> not me into something for the time I'm fuss at her, but long stay back. Stay back. <laughs> Aisha, I don't want to hold you too long on this beautiful Wednesday, but for the little Aisha Van Buren's, for the ones that want to help a child when they get older or see themselves doing it for the teenagers that feel like they want to give back by hearing someone's story, giving advice, reaching out, finding resources, what motivation, what encouraging words would you tell the little Aisha's of the world? I would say never give up on your dreams. Never, no matter what obstacles, you know, or curveballs life throw you never give up dream dream big and go for it don't ever let anybody tell you no you can't do this because your life was this way you can't do this no you are in control of your own life and your own destiny nobody else can control that and don't allow anybody else to control it go at go after it all go after it all we we are powerful people yeah go after it all Absolutely. Go after it all. And that's so true. That's so true. Um, I thank you so much. Um, Lakeisha said, great advice, Ish. <laughs> yes, I always knew she had it in her. I always knew, you know, whatever. You all, you never was a sugar coder, though. You mm-hmm. know, in school, you never was that way, you know. So kudos to you for being who you are and not changing and, and giving back in the way that you're giving back, because that's amazing. It takes a special person to actually sit there and have a little bit of tough skin, you know, to be able to deal with the day-to-day that you go through. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. Keep it up. I see big things happening. Um, you know, so hopefully we can talk again in the future, you know, get some right. updates, see how things are going, about the book, all that good stuff. So without further ado, just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. All the viewers, Aisha, thank you so much for coming thank on. I really you. appreciate this. This means a lot. And as we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love.